This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. I knew there was more to life on earth than what we were being taught. Valeria Tejas interviews Amy Dempster, a grid keeper and the owner of blog Following Hawks. Amy Dempster helps in understanding the healing power of the earth. What began as openly sharing her spiritual journey on her popular blog Following Hawks has become a resource for others wanting to learn how to communicate with nature and share their own unique healing gifts with the earth. Together with the spirits of the land in the mountains of Northwest Montana, she tends seven portals on the land where she lives, along with any grid keeping work she is assigned. She also leads the Earth Tenders Academy, an immersive online journey to help others reestablish their connection with their ancient ancestors, learn to communicate with the seen and unforeseen forces in their environment, and respectfully offer their healing energy to places in need. Amy is also the host of the podcast, The Earth Keepers. Meet Amy at followinghawks.com. Here is the interview with Amy Dempster. In your own words, who is Amy Dempster? Oh my goodness, such a big question. <laughs> but I think of myself as a very multidimensional being uh, existing in, in many different places and times uh, all at the same time. And so uh, me here embodied as Amy Dempster is... Um, you know, just a fractal of that uh, big piece that is all me. Um, But while I'm here in this uh, earthly incarnation, um, I'm just very, very connected to uh, the earth and the grids and, uh, you know, all of the energies that are available to us in that way. And I just really love sharing um, all that I discover with others who feel the same calling and connection. How did this come to be, this being aware that we are in a human body and all that entails, the being multidimensional? How did that happen, Amy? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of been piece by piece, step by step for me over the years of, of really 
um, understanding how all of that works. But I would say in the past couple of years, it has really fast forwarded um, as far as, you know, probably what I would have referred to in the past as, you know, my guides coming and sharing information and saying, this is how this works. And yeah. this is, you know, try this. This is <laughs> the, these are the, this is how time works. You know, right, <laughs> this, right. this, oh. this is how all of the pieces go together. And and really through that process, what I started to understand is that, you know, these these other kind of beings on other uh, the other side of the veil and other energies that are coming to teach me and interact with me are, for the most part, they're all me. Mm, <laughs> and that was really right. when I kind of had this aha moment of, you know, it's the other versions of me that already have figured these things out or already understand how it works. And they're popping in to say, hey, let me help you out and show you something that you already know <laughs> that you're already yeah. doing. And so, you know, really, once I started putting those pieces together, uh, it, it really opened a lot of my awareness and my, you know, my understanding up that um, it's not necessarily these, you know, scary, unknown things outside of us that are, um, you know, suddenly popping in on us to, right, right. <laughs> to tell us something. It's really just, you know, it's it's all us. And that's a very cool uh, understanding once it all comes together. It is, yeah. It's fascinating to me that we can even talk about this. <laughs> How can we have a conversation about it? <laughs> I sure didn't think I would be a number of right. years ago. So. <laughs> right, right. And when it comes to everything's us, yeah, I do. Wow, that's a, a, for the mind, for the intellectual mind, the rational mind, that's such a challenge to understand that. But the soul understands, the heart understands the other parts of me that you call yes. it more advanced, more evolved. And I'm wondering if even people, the people around us, they are also parts of us. Yeah, well, it really is. There's there's many levels of this, you know, knowing. And and of course, I, I think we're all familiar with the idea that we're really all just one yeah. on a yeah. on a much bigger level. And right. so we're all just a piece of source. And so, yeah. yeah, seeing, you know, interacting with others and, um, you know, having lived experiences with others or just other mm -hmm. opportunities, you know, to see how other versions of ourselves mm -hmm. are um, learning their own lessons, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> having their own experiences and then interacting and engaging with us. It really, <laughs> I mean, it really can start bending your brain pretty, right. yes. <laughs> pretty quickly when you, when you focus and think about it. <laughs> The only thing that prevents us to really live it, embody it, is the rational mind, what we call the ego mind. Some call it the false self. Would you yeah. say that that's the only obstacle to living, embodying that magic? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think that's a struggle for most of us because yeah. we, you know, we we were born and you know grew up in whatever culture or society shaped our ideas and our beliefs. And, you know, what I've really come to know and, and see in evidence all around me is that, you know, one of the, the laws of the universe really is that our beliefs are what the universe honors and, and will reflect back to us. So, so long as you are holding tightly to one belief, you're only going to see evidence that that's true. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, and I think that's yeah. what most of us go through on our spiritual awakening and our journey too, is like, oh gosh, okay, maybe I will just, just loosen up my grip on this <laughs> one idea and this one thought and just see what happens. And then right. a whole nother world opens up to you and, and you realize it was there all along, but you know, my beliefs and, and, uh, my understanding of the world really kept me in 
one place. And so, yeah, it's really um, the the more we can kind of loosen up um, our need to know for sure mm, what the answer right. is or knowing that you have the right answer instead of maybe um, feeling like maybe everybody has the right answer. Mm, <laughs> like right. Maybe, maybe your answer is unique to you. You know, those are the things that just kind of asking yourself that like, what if, what if I didn't believe this or what if there was something else that was true um, really can start showing you that there's other options out there. Yeah. Can we navigate this reality without a belief system? (laughs) I mean, I wonder that too. It's almost the chicken and the egg, right? Like if you, is to not believe anything still a belief system? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like how right. far, how far can yeah. you go to really, you know, release it all? And, um, that can feel really scary. Um, yes. and I, I don't know that I'm there, <laughs> but I, so I just try and, I try and be in a place of, uh, flexible yeah. <laughs> beliefs of, you know, this is my understanding today, but I may have another experience tomorrow that might change that understanding. And I'm willing to explore that. <laughs> mm, stay open. Yeah, that might be right. the key. I agree. Right. And in speaking about experiences, the spiritual awakening, spiritual experiences, powerful ones that um, so many of us have had, you had, I had one too. So talk to me about that, about your spiritual journey and also what is spirituality to you? Yeah, well, you know, my journey really started much more clearly uh, as an adult. And, you know, although I uh, grew up on a farm and was surrounded by nature all all the time growing up, which maybe just felt natural to me. And so I wasn't paying attention (laughs) (laughs) to, uh, you know, things that really were happening. But, uh, you know, over time, I went to school, I got a job, I was, you know, living in the suburbs, working in the city, doing all of those things. And, And it was just as time went by, you know, feeling more more out of alignment for me. And around uh, that time, I started having some um, unusual interactions with hawks, like the bird um, would just uh, keep coming to me much closer than I'd ever experienced them doing before. And I had enough of them in a short enough period of time that I finally had to say, something's going on here. (laughs) What is this? Is someone giving me a message? Is, you know, what's happening? And I realize now that I think that we all have some kind of spark on our journey and and some are more dramatic than others. But, you know, there's ultimately it's something that that makes you do exactly that. It makes you start questioning um, and looking around really to say what's happening here. And um, so that was kind of the initial, you know, part of my journey that that kind of led me down um, this path to at least, you know, experimenting more with meditation and using my intuition and, and those types of things. And it was a number of years later when I kind of, you know, uh, t- took a big leap in um, listening to my intuition and the messages that were coming through to me and quit my job, sold my house and moved to Montana, a place that I didn't know anybody and had never visited before. And it just all of the pieces um, fell into place. And so shortly after moving to Montana was when I started noticing trees were talking to me. Oh, wow. And that was a really big um, kind of shock as well of like, 
I'm pretty sure this is happening, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So um, so yeah, it's just kind of been like a step-by-step process of being, you know, comfortable enough to also share that that with other people and, um, and really, you know, going on my own journey to learn really how does this communication work? How is the earth and nature communicating Mm -hmm. with us all of the time? And how can we work together and, you know, co-create this place that we live in? And so that was, you know, that's the the real short version of the, (laughs) of of my story. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think to me, spirituality is really just this, you know, this path of going inward, to really learn more about ourselves and what that means. And it means something different for everybody. And everybody has their, you know, their own experiences and, and their own journey. But just the um, the willingness and the interest to go on that journey and and see what happens. Yeah, and discover or uncover the magic. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's there. It's all around us if we're willing to. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> Except and that it is. <laughs> yes. Nature. When I think about nature, wow, it's we are not separate from nature. We are nature itself. And that's funny how we speak of nature must be something <laughs> separate. But exactly. we are nature. But what is it about trees and the land and the ocean that it's deeper than what we can touch in ourselves most of the time. It seems like we can be in touch with the depth of what life is all about or what life really is, that magic per se, when we are in touch with nature, um, not being separate from human beings, but from the intellect, the mind. So what is that about nature that connects us to the spirit? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, a lot a lot of it is completely biological and scientific <laughs> in the way that, you know, because we are a part of nature and we are a part of Earth, our bodies are designed to resonate with the Earth. And so, um, you know, actual studies have been done on a variety of different um, healing modalities and really kind of measuring the frequency that's really uh, being delivered during, you know, somebody doing a Reiki um, treatment or somebody doing shamanic healing or whatnot. And all of the frequencies that are uh, being used in healing modalities are the exact same frequency that the earth vibrates at. So literally, you know, that's why we feel so good when we go outside (laughs) Um, because our body is getting (laughs) that natural healing instantly because it's what we resonate with. So that's why we like to put our hands on trees. That's why we like to sit on the ground or walk barefoot on the earth because we are getting, we are receiving a healing when that happens. Um, But partially we need the healing because we are, we've separated ourselves so much as opposed to, you know, if we were in contact, you know, all day, every day, um, it would just be a natural part of our being. And so, yeah, so part of what is so magical (laughs) about it is just that, you know, our biology works with, uh, you know, and our electromagnetic frequency works um, along with the earth. And, And then on the deeper level, you know, there's just, we have really isolated ourselves into, you know, things that can, um, you know, speak with language (laughs) from things that can't speak with language (laughs) as, you know, being on some kind of hierarchy instead of, 
understanding that literally everything, uh, you know, on earth is communicating energetically and telepathically with each other all the time. We are the only ones you know, standing on the outside and shrugging our shoulders and saying, well, too bad that tree can't talk. <laughs> I wish I, I wish yeah. I would know, know what that, you know, deer over there is thinking. Well, you can. And so, um, you know, I think that those are the things sometimes we assign magic to when really, you know, we're the ones that have not evolved <laughs> to the same level of right. you know just telepathic communication and and ability to communicate with um with the beings in our environment in that way and so um just understanding that that communication is different than using language and that it might be pictures and it might be feelings and it might be you know all kinds of different things once we understand that and we learn how to kind of read that in our own bodies, right. um, a whole nother world opens up and <laughs> we can communicate with all kinds of things around us. I absolutely love being outside yes. around nature. But yeah, I have not been open enough to the communication to listen to it. Or perhaps yes, but in a different level, which is um, it's more imagined. It feels like imagination to me. It is. And our imagination is something we need. You know, we've been told that it's making things up, but it's not. Right. It's actually how the information comes into our body. And so, um, you know, nature communicates typically much slower yeah. and more subtly. And so we really do when we're outside, you know, have to um, kind of shift down, shift our energy yeah. in our body right. so that we can pick it up and recognize it. And that's usually what I suggest as a yeah. first step is just going outside, you know, leaving your phone behind. Mm -hmm. Don't go out with other people. Just be by yourself and walk half as fast or even a third as fast right. as you would normally go on a walk and be specifically looking for things that catch your attention. And that's all it has to be, you know, a particularly beautiful flower, a tree that somehow has a different color green than all the other trees around it. You know, that is communication and they're calling out to us to um, catch our attention, but we just tend to, you know, speed right past them and, and not notice. A lot of times, most of the time, I go out with my husband, so we do it together. It's yep. not really alone, but you mentioned being alone. It's important. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be. If you are out with an, another person who is is uh, looking to accomplish the same thing yeah. uh, you are, then you can have more kind of moments of quiet while you're looking and, and tuning in and, and feeling into the energy around you. It just It tends to be when we're with someone else, we get into conversation and we're chatting away and then, yeah. then we start walking faster at the speed of our language and we just yeah. stop, you know, we're just not noticing. So um, yeah, I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> and would you say the thoughts, they are the main actually component of separation? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I, you know, sometimes, like I said, I, you know, the communication coming from nature does, it comes through your thoughts. Right, so right, right, uh, right, sometimes, right. you know, you need them. Um, it kind of depends on on how you're doing it. But I think probably the way you're thinking of this is where, you know, that, that kind of busy mind yeah, um, yeah, where yeah. we're busy thinking, thinking, thinking about, right. you know, what we're going to make for dinner or what, yeah. you know, that conversation we had with somebody earlier. And I mean, I am a hundred percent guilty of <laughs> getting sucked <laughs> into my mind while I'm, you know, supposed to be outside, you know, enjoying <laughs> nature as well. And so, yeah, it's sometimes it's a matter of, you know, do you really need your mind does your mind really need to work this out and you need to go down this line of thinking and then you can be done with it? Or is this just 
you know, obsessive repetitive thinking um, that's yeah. just filling this kind of empty space that that isn't empty at all, but it's kind mm. of, you know, a sledgehammer to your to your more sensitive, subtle skills. And so um, one of the things I like to do uh, if you have a really busy mind um, is either before you go outside or you could do it, you know, the first 10 minutes or so while you're outside is you can put headphones on and listen to um, binaural beats, mm, yeah. um, which, you know, is like the brainwave entrainment. Mm-hmm. And so you can do that first to kind of let your brain downshift <laughs> into yeah, that, yeah. that I always forget which one they are, uh, mm-hmm. it's like alpha waves or theta waves um, it, or what they are, but, you know, it lets you downshift into um, kind of releasing that. So you can just spend 10 minutes kind of, okay, relax, you know, get into a little bit more of a meditative state and now go outside. And, you know, maybe that helps release some of the the chatter that's in your mind. So thoughts are not really what separates us, but it's when they disconnect us from everything else, from life itself, what's happening yeah. now and the surroundings. That's when we know we are not uh, in touch with the depth of who we are. Yeah, that's a really good distinction. Yeah, yes. very, very different quality of thought. <laughs> 2020 has been a different time. So what insights have you gained from 2020, Amy? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so many, right? right. <laughs> Which oh, yeah. I think we can all say. <laughs> it's True. been transformational uh, for us in, in many ways. And, and you know, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about uh, shifting our beliefs and those types of things, you know, I, I think I've really had, I've really seen that over the course of the, the past year as well is, is you know, almost how much we have needed to be pulled into extreme duality in order to see how strongly it's ingrained, you know? And so I think it's easy for us to think about and want and um, feel into this idea of unity consciousness, right? That we're all one and we think, yeah, I'm there. (laughs) Absolutely. I believe it. And then you get on Facebook and you (laughs) are suddenly in a, you know, fight with somebody over (laughs) (laughs) whatever the topic du jour of the day is. like oh wow I actually can't release that <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's something for me to work on yeah. um and so I think I've really seen that you know kind of play out everywhere is you know this just like extreme duality um and everybody you know really feeling the need to be right or or, or again like their truth is the right truth yeah. and so I right. think in going through that we're um having the experience of what divine neutrality really feels like or what does it really look like and you know are we how far away are we (laughs) from this place where we can let everyone have their experiences and you know and and be in our own experience and so that's been really clear to me you know how much um even in the sense of your experience and my experience are completely different experiences yeah. and um, and we're living in totally different, you know, timelines of our own creation. And so sure. what what do we want to create for ourselves? And so, yeah, I've I think I've experimented a lot more with kind of creating, creating my reality. And yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? And um, and how do I do that? So, yeah. 
that sounds like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> Creating our own I reality. I tried to make it fun. Because <laughs> otherwise, you know, it's been, <laughs> it's been a stressful year. So, you know, I think we all have to look at opportunities to, um, you know, what, what, am, what am I learning here? <laughs> what can I, yeah, how can I create something different if, if I don't like where I'm at at the moment? When we talk about creating our own reality, that also makes me think about the purpose of life, of being a human body. If there was just one purpose, what would you say that is or that Mm. was? Well, I mean, I think the kind of singular purpose that, that it feels like to me is really just this idea of, you know, growth and expansion of our individual experiences, but then our individual experiences being collective, you know, so um, each one of us is contributing to the growth of all that is. And that's as of today. Yes, <laughs> how right. I how I how I feel into it. Yeah, that resonates to me. Expansion, yeah, evolving as we have been talking about being open to these to see more of what life is. That connectivity, right? Yeah. Another question I have that I usually ask everyone, pretty much, it's freedom. What is freedom to you? What does it look like? I, I mean, I think kind of along the, the same lines of creating our own experiences. And, you know, and so to me, continuing to look at places either in my own mind, my own heart, or my own, you know, external experiences that, is this okay with me? Do I like where this is going? Am I enjoying my experience? And, you know, of course, we don't all have, you know, peak <laughs> joyful experiences, you know, <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven True. days a week. Yes. I don't know if we could handle it. But, but yeah, but, you know, are there places in where I am letting others um, kind of either restrict me or hold me back or keep me from exploring what I want to explore? And when I, when I say others, it's usually ourselves, right? Yeah, like we, right. we believe, you know, so-and-so like my boss, at my job if he wasn't such a jerk you know (laughs) usually it's just like well (laughs) um where does this fall to me um what changes do I need to make if this isn't acceptable to me and I feel like my freedom is being restricted in some way so yeah really focused on really I guess proving that I can you know create my own experience on your website you said something interesting you said when doing healing work it can sometimes be frustrating to feel like we just keep getting pulled back to work on the same issue time and again. Talk to me about healing for a moment, Amy, and how does it really work from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, and even, you know, the term healing is is something that's something we've kind of agreed upon. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, you yes. know, what it yeah. means or, or what it is. Um, but you know, to me, it's restoring something to its, you know, original source, God given <laughs> status, whatever, whatever that would be. So, you know, anything else that has occurred in this lifetime, another lifetime on earth, not on earth, wherever that has, um, is now held somewhere in our energy body, our physical body, and um, is, is there 
directing us or, or holding us back or, you know, any number of um, types of things. And so, um, and same with, you know, my work obviously is really focused on healing work with the earth. And um, a lot of what I come across is just human trauma, human made situations that get, you know, the energy from it gets left behind on the earth. And until, um, you know, we come along and actually intend to assist to clean it up in this physical plane, um, it sits there and it um, affects the people that live in the place. It affects the earth. It, it affects everything until, until we can make that shift. Yeah, I think we have all certainly experienced in our own healing how, you know, you work and you work on something and you're like, there, (laughs) it's fixed, right? (laughs) And then a year or so later, you know, it comes up, but in a different way. And you realize, oh, there's still something here for me to learn. But usually when you have that perspective and, and that time, you can look back and say, oh, but look how much has changed. It's really not just the same thing again. It's just, you know, showing me where there's more I can work on. Yeah. You don't believe in destinations when it comes to healing. No. And I mean, I think we're all, we're also ever changing. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, um, we're ever changing. And and really, again, when you can remove this idea of, of time being linear um, and that it's happening in many timelines and that there are, are all of these other versions and other fractals of ourselves, there's things that are occurring in other timelines that are rippling forward and backward, you know, between uh, this version of ourselves and other versions of ourselves. And so really we're, we're forever (laughs) kind of integrating that and bringing it all, all together. (laughs) What is your understanding and idea of the word love or what love is? Yeah, well, I just think that it's another idea in, our current culture that's been watered down um, and that we have almost dismissed it or um, marginalized it or in some ways made it less important by kind of attaching like the sugary, sweet, candy heart, you know, (laughs) ideas to it. And, you know, my my experience of love is completely the opposite, right? That it is the most powerful energy, you know, in the universe. And yeah. so I think we're shifting into this, this new age, this new energy where um, we are not going to have any choice but to be operating from our hearts. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we've been pushed and we're being pushed right now. And I was yeah. feeling it a lot towards the end of last year, especially of getting into your heart and operating from your heart. And it's because the heart really is a vehicle. Um, and that that energy of love is a vehicle to travel to other dimensions, to shift your consciousness, to, you know, to do all of these things. And if we want to have those experiences and and we want to um, be in that place, we have to be in our heart. And so for a lot of us, what that means is doing healing work on, you know, where, where you're struggling to be in that place. And so that's been me too for many years (laughs) and, um, really getting to that place where you feel safe and comfortable with, um, the vibration of love, the strength and the power of love and really being able to work with it and vibrate it, you know, out into, um, into the universe. Yeah, I love your wisdom, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to me about the Earth Tenders Academy. 
Yeah. So um, the Earth Tenders Academy is offering that I have that is an online um, nine module course, but it really is me kind of taking you by the hand and walking you through um, all of the ways in which to um, learn about working with the earth, experience it for yourself, connect with the spirits of the land where you live um, or anywhere else that you would like to work. Um, And really, we dive into some of these more multidimensional topics like working with portals and um, being multidimensional, working with timelines, removing old timelines, all kinds of things like that. Um, But ultimately, we work up to um, how to do healing work with the earth. How exactly do you do that? Um, and then we practice. And so we have uh, a couple of live calls every month where we do property readings and healings with the land and uh, have a great supportive Facebook community as well. And so it's just a wonderful, wonderful um, opportunity for people who feel drawn to this work and drawn to um, working with the earth to learn how to do it and experience it for themselves. We're almost at the end and I have so many questions here, but I'll try, let me see which one to ask now. I guess the one that I want to ask is about um, this communication with earth, with the nature. When you had or have this experience or these experiences, what are they trying to communicate? So many things, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, right. there really is, you know, the earth, the earth has always been here and, you know, as humanity has shifted and, and come and gone. And so much of the wisdom that we would like access to, or we'd like, we wish we knew the answers, right? They, the mountains, the trees, the earth itself, you know, are all um, happy to share this with people who are uh, interested enough to, you know, ask and, and connect in that way. But it is, it runs a wide gamut. I mean, it, it can be trees, especially will tell you to pick up trash, Mm, (laughs) you know, uh, cut back (laughs) this branch. It's bothering me, you know, so it it could be uh, much more simple things um, yeah. initially as they're kind of getting to know you and getting getting to trust you and, and feel comfortable with you. But it really can go into really deep healing work um, there. It's interesting because I think that we like to think, um, oh, all of these other spirits or other energies are somehow either more evolved or they're smarter or they're, you know, right, they, right. what do they need us for? They don't need us, right. um, but they absolutely do. And, and as you're mm-hmm. saying, like we are part of the ecosystem system. We are part of nature. Things wouldn't function the same way without humans here, but we have withdrawn from our role in many cases of of working in that way. And so what they really, really um, need us for, especially is that our energy being here embodied on the earth anchors healing work into this plane. And so they can do all kinds of ceremonies and work and whatever they want on this on the spiritual plane and it will have a certain effect but when they're able to partner with human who is currently embodied it's like you're anchoring that work that they're doing here and it can actually have you know take effect and be real in this plane. And so um, oftentimes I will encounter spirits who want to do ceremony. They want to do a ceremonial work. They know what they want to do. They have it all planned. They literally just want me to sit there and hold space. And in holding space, 
you know, I'm bringing that energy forward um, into this time. And so, um, yeah, it, it's a huge uh, range. I learn something new every time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I, I do a reading or a healing, you know, the, all the time I'm saying, well, I've never done that before. Well, I've never seen that mm-hmm. before. <laughs> so yeah. um, there's all kinds of things that, that, that are going on. And, you know, just mm. our willingness to mm. um, be a part, hold space, um, participate is more than a lot of these energies mm-hmm. are encountering on a regular basis. So they are usually thrilled <laughs> when oh, a wow. human comes along and says, how can I, how can I help here? The energy feels weird. What can I do? I have to ask you this question too. So the <laughs> energetic porters that you, you speak of, uh, sacred places in nature, why are they in specific places? What is the reason for that? Yeah, so there's a few reasons. Um, when when you're working with portals, there are the short version is that you know a portal is in a place because the energy supports it, right. and so that is on a scale. Right? Yeah. So there yeah. are portals where the high vibrational energy supports it, and these are very high vibrational portals with energies and beings that are using them um, that match that frequency. And there are places, and these are usually the ones, right, that I hear from people that they have an icky portal in their closet, right? And I always laugh. Oh. I'm like, why is it always a closet? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> something yeah. like that, you know, or it'll be like, there's weird things happening you know, in my closet. Um, but <laughs> okay. usually those portals are kind of, um, they can be spontaneously open, but I don't want to also give people the impression that it's super easy to do. It, usually if it's a low vibrational thing, like it's in a place where somebody was that was in a ton of pain or in a very, you know, again, just low vibrational place in their life. And it allows that energy to open up and to be using that space. And so, and then of course there's, there's all kinds of different versions in the middle. And so it kind of depends on the portal and it depends on the place, but um, I do have portals here on the property um, where I live that I work with. And that's what the spirits explained to me that over time, over a few years of doing um, this energetic work here, it lifted the vibration to a point where they were able to, you know, have these portals here and it's a, a safe, high, fre- high frequency place for them to access uh, in and out. One of your episodes, so you do host a podcast as well that is um, titled The Earth Keepers Podcast. You share how focusing on the light and ignoring the dark is a recipe for disaster. Why darkness is not something to be afraid of. Yeah. 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 Talk to me for a moment about that, Emmy. Yeah, it's really, and you're right. I mean, sometimes even my language, right? High and low vibrational, it is still 100% in duality, right? It all just is. (laughs) It just just is. Um, There are things we like more than things we, you know, we like more than other things. Um, And yeah, absolutely. That goes for spirits as well. And it is, I think, unfortunately, sometimes I come across with ways of thinking um, that's just like, hey, if you just stay in a high vibrational state, that's the only thing you're ever going to experience. And so that's why I say that that's a recipe for for disaster, because there's just there's other things out there in the universe. They're just are. And so there are ways you can protect yourself. There are ways you can um, learn how to discern different energies so that you know what type of energy, you know, fits the type of energy you want to be communicating with or not. But, you know, there are things that, um, and energies that you just don't want hanging around in your bedroom. Like that's the, 
not going to be (laughs) fun for you. Um, And so, yeah, so that's really why I teach and share about, you know, not necessarily to fear it because again, and this goes back to being in that love vibration and being, you know, as, as humans embodied on earth, we are connected to source and therefore we are, you know, we have the most powerful energy there is. All of these other things are um, more afraid of us, you know, than than we (laughs) are of them. And so I always reference the, you know, the Monsters, Inc. Was it the second Monsters, Inc.? Maybe. But the one, the movie where, uh, you know, the monsters are scaring the children, but actually they're terrified if the children touch them. You know, like they have to go through the whole contamination, (laughs) decontamination, you know, system because the children are so dangerous. But, you know, that's really the case as well is that we just have, you know, our power has been either taken away from us over the years or we're we're just not taught how it works. And so once we understand that we're in charge of our personal, you know, mm-hmm. body, we're in charge of our house, we're in charge of, right. you know, the, the spaces that we're in, then we can choose kind of what vibration is allowed in those spaces or not. And so I just feel like it's really important to know um, what we can and can't do, what what abilities we have because most people have had who have a real fear, especially um, had an experience that scared them when they were children. And so um, they shut everything down. They didn't want to do any more interacting and they are um, scared to open it back up and, and have another scary experience. And so, you know, it really is just a process of understanding. And usually once you have one experience where you say, oh, I did tell them they weren't allowed here and they left, mm, <laughs> you know, right. um, that's it. You know, it really, right. um, but we, we have to know and understand that about our own power and about, um, you know, how much uh, control we really have. What is another word for healing? Oh, I mean, you know, to to be whole, to return to that original point of wholeness. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Who knows? (laughs) I would say, though, uh, what's coming through at the moment is really that lesson to trust myself, you know, and and in in all things, right, that there are so many places and times in our life where it's easier for us to either just say um, even that maybe I'm just making this up. Maybe it's not real. Maybe it's all in my head. Um, Maybe it's okay to just let that person, you know, act that way, even though it's really upsetting to me, right? All of the things that, you know, maybe it's just me, um, but maybe it is just you in the way that, you know, that is how you feel and that is how you trust yourself. And so um, really learning and experiencing kind of step by step of using my voice and, you know, stepping into um, a place of trust and that I am protected and that I am on, you know, my own journey and having my own experiences, I think has been um, a big lesson for me. I think I can relate to it for sure. And I'm sure most of us can. The trust component. Yeah, that's a tough one yeah. <laughs> uh, to get there. Uh, two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? 
I don't know if I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's things right once you're exactly in that moment where yeah. you think, oh, I, I'd never have done this or gone to that place or, or done that type of thing. But I try really hard to, <laughs> um, you know, enjoy the fact that I am embodied, that I do have a life and I am lucky for that experience. You know, not there are many, many souls who would love to be here on earth right now. And, and we're the lucky ones who are. <laughs> and that's really how I um, try and look at my life uh, every day and really try and embrace doing the things I want to do uh, when I want to do them and, and hopefully not waiting until the end to realize I have to hurry up and do a whole bunch of things. And the last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? I don't I mean, this is the theme, right? I don't know if yeah. I know anything. Right. For sure. Yeah. What are my beliefs today? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, really, I, I definitely know for sure, you know, that that we are intended to be in cooperation, in partnership together with nature and with the earth and with each other. Right. And right. and so the more that we can experience that and put ourselves in situations for that to uh, be more of our daily occurrence, you know, the more we're going to see our life change for the better. And so um, that's, that's my biggie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a huge one for me too. Thank you so much, Amy, for your beautiful, lighthearted presence, your wisdom, timeless wisdom, the work that you do in everything in between is just beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. It was lovely, lovely hanging out with you. <laughs> Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, well, you can find me online. My website is Following Hawks. Um, again, just like the birds, I'm at followinghawks.com. And uh, yeah, my podcast is the Earth Keepers podcast. And I'm also on Instagram at Following Hawks. And I have a Facebook group, the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Bye for now. And- Thank you for listening. To learn more about Amy Dempster and her work, please visit followinghawks.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.